Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So, Adam, you can't come rolling onto my show with that mustache. <laughs> without oh, me making now. a comment. I, you know, most, this is a podcast, well so most people, well are gonna be, most people are going to be hearing this, so they're not going to get to see the beauty of that mustache. But for anyone, the 20 people that check out our YouTube channel, um, will be able to bask in the glory of this new I, this is a new look for you i, I you know when we turned on the video i was surprised to see this mustache thing going on so yeah it's not you know we're here to talk about star wars but i i need an explanation uh it, it, it's just for the month right it's november november grow it out it probably won't make it longer than than november but i'm glad you mentioned it i'm I mean, none of our Bad Wolf radio podcasts, listeners, viewers will ever get to see it. It will be gone by the time we record our next episode for that. So, hey, uh, I guess Star Wars Bookworm gets to uh, enjoy <laughs> it for a little bit. Yeah, so I did I did have a funny story I wanted to share with you because the last time you were on Star Wars Bookworms, we reviewed Shadow of the Sith. And we both yes. gave it glowing review. Uh, really liked Absolutely. the book. Since then, I had gone to New York Comic Con, uh, and I had uh, I went to like a dinner with some friends. It was something we kind of do every year with a group of friends. We went out to this dinner, and uh, this guy walks in, and I'm like, that guy looks kind of familiar. And he sits down at our table. I'm like, oh, he's he's having dinner with us. And it was Adam Christopher, the writer of Shadow of the Sith, a friend of mine. You know because of different connections she has no knew him blah 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 and he ends up having dinner with us which super as as a big star wars book <laughs> fan that's kind of a cool moment for me to be sitting right you know next to this guy and be like oh don't you know don't fan out too much but you kind of want to still tell him you appreciate his work and you know, yeah yeah thing. yeah so that's, that's pretty awesome. cool but i did talk to him a little bit about the book and just told him that we had reviewed it on the podcast Nice. You know, I said, you know, my me and my friend Adam Farmer, we reviewed the book. He was like, "Oh yeah, I'll definitely. I'll, I want to check out the podcast. Tell me, you know, tell me the name of it. Where can I find it? Whatever." So, I was like, "Okay, kind of cool." And then I started thinking, "Oh crap! Like, did we say anything mean? Did we say anything <laughs> negative? Like, oh no, I don't. I don't know if I want him to listen. Like, I always assume <laughs> that these authors are never going to listen to these reviews. Right, right. So I was like, "Oh crap." So then I thought more about it and I was like, I think the only thing I could remember like off the top of my head that was negative was I had made a comment about uh, Dathan being a lazy Star <laughs> yep. Wars name. Yeah, yeah. And so I, said I, him, I think I think we gave the names a pretty good run for their money occasionally, even with Ochi of Bestoon. I think we we called that one out pretty hard. Yeah. So I He's was not responsible for that, though. He that wasn't his name, anyways. Yeah. So Continue. I was like, I'm gonna at least mention. I felt like I had built enough rapport with him that I could joke around with him about it. So I was like, oh, just the one thing I think we do say negatively is that you know Dathan is a lazy Star Wars name. But I was like, I'm pretty sure you didn't pick that name, anyways. And he kind of just dead looked at me and was like, no, I absolutely did pick that name. <laughs> and he didn't crack a smile. He didn't. I was like, oh, I think I kind of ticked him off. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> 
I don't know that he appreciated my lazy, uh, lazy name comment. So yeah, that was nice. my putting my foot in my mouth moment with Adam Christopher uh, <laughs> at, at New York Comic Con. So that's awesome. I uh, that that's fun that you had that experience. I mean, safe to say he probably never listened to the episode. So uh, we're yeah, probably we're probably safe that. there. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like Overall, uh, a good time at the the Comic Con though. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a great time, and they actually had some cool announcements, um, which we won't get into all of them, but I did want to talk about one of the announcements that they made, and then also there's been the announcement for the Acolyte TV show, um, yes. kind of the casting announcement. So I know you, you know, you came on the show last time. We had talked about you're not big reader of the Star Wars books. You're kind of newer to it. You've read a handful. Uh, we kind of went through that which it's nice to kind of get that fresh perspective. And we're going to get that with, with uh, the High Republic today because you've <laughs> yes. never read a High Republic book. And oh, it's your absolutely. first High Republic book. So I'm excited yep. to kind of get that fresh perspective. Uh, but I know you do you do follow the TV shows, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. You're watching Andor? Yes. Okay. I mean, there he is right there. That's yeah. We got the man, the myth, the legend. No spoilers. I haven't watched today's episode. Uh, but I'm going to do that probably after we record. Nice. So, nice. Uh, but Acolyte is another show that's going to be coming from Disney Plus. Uh, yes. And I know um, we've been, we, I think you even kind of brought it up on our last book review because we were kind of wondering about the connections maybe to the Acolytes. Yeah. You know, they had talked about Acolytes of the Beyond and, and all of that. More likely, the connections that we'll see in Acolyte will be to the High Republic because it's actually in yeah. the same era or the end of that era. So it, it's going to be something that we definitely want to keep an eye on. But uh, they did just give us a little bit more news around it, uh, including kind of like casting announcement. We had already known kind of who the main actor was going to be, but they just gave us a kind of whole list of new actors. Uh, did you check that out? I did. I did. There's there's definitely at least one name in particular that sticks out to me, um, but it, it it looks like it's a pretty solid solid act uh, list once you start looking through what they're in um what they're already included in but yeah i took a look at it pretty excited what uh which ones kind of stood out to you carrie ann moss i mean that's the one that sticks out to me immediately because i mean probably the most recognizable name for me because of the matrix um so that's that was super surprising to see her included in there um, outside of that, I mean, you have shows like His Dark Materials, Queen and Slim, The Hate You Give, Squid Game, uh, Nine Perfect Strangers. I mean, honestly, I guess I just went through all the shows and all of them are recognizable to me. Are all the actors recognizable to you? No. And see, that's where that's where things kind of fall apart for me. Um, but I know that all the shows that they're coming from, they're being pulled from. Um, yeah, well Carrie... Carrie Ann Moss was definitely the standout. Um, as soon as I saw the list, I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of surprising. She's a bigger name because of yeah. her connection mostly to the Matrix, I think. Uh, but she's definitely a probably the most recognizable. Although I would say the uh, the guy from Squid Game, um, Lee Jung Jae, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but he he was one that I was like, because of the height of popularity that Squid Game reached and... He was instantly recognizable as soon as I saw his his face pop up. I'm like, oh, that's so yeah. cool because I only really know him from Squid Game, but his his acting in Squid Game was was just top notch. It was right. so to see him added to this cast, 
is is kind of cool. I'm really curious to see. And they kind of had in the announcement they had some other pictures that they included, like set pictures, and he was kind of you know featured in that. So I I'm hoping he has kind of a big role, yeah, and isn't just some character they bump into. But um, he was one. Maybe I was a little more excited about him than I was about anybody else on the cast. I I just spotted one that that just jumped out to me, uh, Manny. And I don't know if that's Jacinto or if that that Jay would be uh, Jacinto, but he it mentions that he's from Nine Perfect Strangers, which is a great show on Hulu. Highly recommend that you watch it. But he's also from The Good Place. Are you familiar with The Good Place? I know what it is. I haven't watched it. Okay, he plays an absolute hilarious character. But the the his character that he plays in The Good Place and the character that he plays in Nine Perfect Strangers totally different um but he is such a he is such a good actor um so that's one that just jumped out to me because i was like wait a second i know that face um so that's exciting to me that he's he's included in the show and then daphne keen from um his dark materials you don't recognize her there because she looks a heck of a lot older in that picture but she's the the main actress from his dark materials on hbo okay um, she looked really familiar, so I'm pretty sure I've seen her in something, but I have not watched his Dark Materials. Okay. But her face looked really familiar. Um, Dean Charles Chapman was another one who I didn't recognize him right away just because of the shot, the you know image they used. Yeah. But he he played a role in Game of Thrones. Um, not like a huge central role, but he had kind of a bigger bigger role in certain parts of the show. Um, he plays one of the Lannister boys. Um, okay. so yeah, he, he, he kind of popped out to me as well. And he was in, uh, 1917, uh, he yeah. was, he also played a role in that. So yeah, I mean, it's always cool to see these notable actors being attached to these shows. Um, cause they're going to bring in an audience, you know, people that were already yeah. fans of them. It's going to bring in an audience when you have these recognizable and they're not like such big stars that'll be distracting, you know, like Brad right. Pitt is you know cast right. or somebody like that it's you know it's names that are recognizable but not you know they're not too big for star right. wars where it would be distracting so i think it, it looks like a really cool cast and it makes me even more excited for the show yeah it, it, it definitely is one of those things where like you read the brief synopsis that they have below some of the set pictures before below the cast list and it's like okay so we have a padawan jedi master yeah, it makes a, me want to know who who fits in where, right? Yeah, I want to read that actually. It's so the acolyte is a mystery thriller that will take viewers into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. A former Padawan re reunites with her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes, but the forces they confront are more sinister than they ever anticipated. So it's like a, it's almost like a, a Star Wars cop show. It sounds yeah. like, you know, it's like yeah. this, you know, two two uh, partners going out to investigate crimes, uh, you know, set in the Star Wars universe. I've, I've always thought that that would be a cool, you know, idea for whatever, book, comic, movie, yeah. TV show. So to see that actually kind of making it to, to television, not just like a comic series, because they've kind of dabbled in that type of storytelling with the books and comics. But it's going to be, I think, unique to to the TV stuff. 
Yeah, and I think that's one one thing that I'm really appreciating about the approach that they're taking with a lot of the the shows that they're putting out on Disney Plus right now. Um, is they 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 aren't staying in their quote unquote lane, right? They're starting to branch out into with Andor. We have a spy thriller, like political drama, like we have that feeling to it, and now we're gonna get that that mystery thriller kind of like as you mentioned cop drama what what have you but like we're getting these different lanes that star wars is branching out to and i mean as the as the books as the literature as the stories show it is it can encapsulate all of that right like the universe is big enough um so that's exciting to me i'm i'm looking forward to the show yes definitely uh, the news that came out of New York Comic Con, and it's kind of old news now just because of how long ago <laughs> New York Comic Con was, <laughs> but they did announce a a new novel that's going to be coming called Rise of the Red Blade, um, which will be based on an Inquisitor. Uh, this was kind of a surprise announcement. I, nobody had kind of heard or you know even knew this story was kind of in the works. Uh, there was some hints that Delilah Dawson, who is the author of this, uh, was working on some kind of secret project, but nobody really knew what. I think she had kind of said something in a panel on in some convention, and you know that she had been working on something, but no details had come out yet. So this was the kind of announcement of that. Um, interesting. I actually was talking to uh, some of the people involved in the creation of this book, uh, kind of about the character that they picked and kind of why it's pretty interesting stuff, but it's really a character that showed up in the, the star Wars Darth Vader comics oh, and okay. shows up in like two issues as an inquisitor has a confrontation with Vader. I won't say much more than that because if you've read the comics, you kind of already know kind of what happens to this character. But if you haven't read the comics, I guess it could be seen as a spoiler. So I, I won't say too much more, but if you want to already kind of know kind of the end of the story for this character you can kind of see that already in the comics but i think they thought uh it would be an interesting story idea to show because this is a fallen jedi who has become an inquisitor and so to kind of show the beginning to the end of how she fell why she became an inquisitor and kind of her story as an inquisitor all the way up to her confrontation with darth vader so um yeah and in delilah dawson Probably the perfect author for something like this. She has written a couple other Star Wars books um, that have a lot of dark tones to them. She's kind of known for writing some really dark stuff. She likes her torture scenes. Um, so having a, an Inquisitor, um, you know, as the main character is kind of right up her alley, I think. So, and I like her stuff. She wrote the Phasma novel. Um, okay. She also wrote the Black Spire novel. And she's done some other stuff in Star Wars, but yeah, she's uh she's kind of one of the authors that I tend to like her stuff. So, so this one is kind of cool. Huh. So, so this character already shows up in the Darth Vader comics then you said? Yes. Very briefly okay. as a pretty minor character. So, this okay. But as, good. as an inquisitor in the comics. Yes. Yep. Okay. Or, cool. Already cool, an cool, inquisitor. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And the cover looks pretty cool. I don't know if you saw I, that, but yeah, it's uh, a pretty decent cover. Very stark, you know, black, white, red uh, color tones that looks really, really cool. Cool art style. Nice. But the reason I have brought you here today, Adam, is to help me review the first book of the Star Wars The High Republic Phase 2. 
So there's already been a phase yes. one. You missed all of that. I did. Um, I missed every part of it. Yes. There were adult novels, YA novels, junior novels, picture books, <laughs> uh, comics from, you know, two different companies, Marvel, uh, IDW, and they did some audio dramas. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of content there. And you would think, well, if I didn't read any of that or didn't hear any of that, then I'm going to be completely lost. But phase two is kind of a fresh start for the High Republic because they're going back in time. Uh, so. <laughs> and, and that totally catches me by surprise. Um, we, we talked about it briefly beforehand. Like, I had no idea. So, spoiler, after reading this, it's like, oh, dang, I want to read way more High Republic stuff. It, it seems like it's pretty darn cool. Um, so I thought I was going to have to jump back to phase one back in time and work my way up to where we are right now. And then you blew my mind by telling me that, no, I'm already back in time. I actually have to go forward to get to phase one. Um, blew my mind. Absolutely. I did not realize that you had, you didn't know at least that information. So I did. Oh yeah. I, I did not know that pre-show I was breaking that news to you that, yeah, this is a prequel to the prequel stuff. So, um, so the original, I think I'm right on this timeline the phase one starts like 200 and something years before the phantom menace so that's kind okay. of the high republic you know we we're in the height of the high republic era a couple hundred years before the phantom menace that's okay. all phase one phase two goes back another 150 years and so we're now we're like we're almost 350 years pre uh the prequels and 150 years pre phase one so so the characters really shouldn't overlap uh, there are probably a couple exceptions from species that can live a long time, like Yoda. Uh, <laughs> yes. I've heard his name crop up. But for the most part, we shouldn't see too much character overlap between the two phases. Uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, kind of, all right, what are we getting into here? Brand new characters. That was frustrating, I think, for some of the High Republic fans okay. who really got into phase one and got excited about those characters. And they kind of leave you hanging at the end of the at phase one. And they're like, oh, now phase two is going to be completely new characters. You're not going to find out what happens in phase one till later. So, oh. so yeah, it's kind of, it, and it, I would say I admit I was a little bit frustrated with the decision. But after reading this book, I am excited about their potential to be able to um, set the stage for what's already come and kind of explain a little bit more about the origins of some of the groups, the people. Okay that kind of stuff. That's what I'm excited about learning in, in these books. Okay. Because that was, that was my question. So as you read through the book, we're getting ready to review, there's all these um, circles, cults. I don't know what you want to refer to them as belief groups of people that believe certain things, communities, right? Religious groups, <laughs> religious groups. I don't know, but it, it, I kept on wondering like, okay, am I missing context? Like, are, do these show up? earlier and like these are fragments of it what have you um it's it sounds like though that as i'm learning about these groups i'm actually at the start of it yes um, you're seeing the origin okay. of things that will come later gotcha so so you are saying these things do come later um, i'm saying there's some obvious connections for sure okay <laughs> okay i'll, I'll yeah. take that yeah i'll take that and it's gonna be i mean I, I don't think it'll be too hard to not spoil you because 
the connections are there, but it's not, it's not stuff that I feel like if I say this, it's going to ruin the story for Adam. Um, so I'll try to tiptoe around things if I think it might spoil the fun for you, or maybe even for listeners who who decided to jump on here and haven't read Phase One. Uh, but there's going to be some stuff I just have to say. So, oh yeah, absolutely, totally understood. Um, it's so for you. We'll, I volunteered we'll throw, for this. We'll throw that warning out, I guess, for anyone listening. Now there will be some spoilers for this book specifically. Absolutely, we're going to get into spoilers. Path of the Sea. Um, see it tells you right at the top here it tells you in the title adam who the bad guys are <laughs> is it, Path. Is it, oh, does it Path oh. of deceit oh, oh my goodness you're right <laughs> that's i i can honestly say i didn't make that connection i i can i can honestly say i didn't make that connection yeah. uh what's the well I, I was gonna say what is the the phrase they say freely given freely given yeah the hands and all that i've that i've stuff. started to say that to my daughter which is probably not good based on you telling me that i've chosen the wrong side so yes if you um, yeah if you're if you're part of the path of the open hand you are on the on the wrong side adam <laughs> they're, they're not good at least out of that's the impression i got uh or at least they've gone gone astray but all right i'm gonna read so i do have the book here you can see if you're on the youtube you can see the the cover here um, and I got a cool, I actually got the, uh, I got it signed. Oh, that's awesome. By both authors. Uh, they were also at New York comic-con. So I just jumped in line, not, I didn't have dinner with them. It wasn't any kind of special connection. <laughs> I literally waited in line with everybody else and got their signatures. Uh, nice. so that was pretty cool. They were very nice. Um, yeah. All right. So I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the description of this book right off the back of it. Um, it is a time of excitement and discovery. Daring pilots chart new routes through hyperspace. Pathfinder teams travel the frontier, recruiting worlds to join the Republic. And the Jedi Order expands its protection to the Outer Rim. But not everyone welcomes the Jedi. On the planet Dalna, a group called the Path of the Open Hand preaches that the Force should not be used by anyone and views the Jedi as abusers of the will of the Force. One such believer is Marta Rowe, a young Evereni woman who dreams of leaving Dalna to spread word of the path throughout the galaxy. When she finds herself drawn to a charming visitor in town, she is horrified to discover that he is a Jedi. But Padawan Kevmo Zink seems to seem so kind and eager to learn more about the path that she hopes to convince him of the righteous or rightness of their ways. I guess righteous is kind of the right word there too. Yeah. Uh, what Martyr doesn't realize is that the leader of the path, a charismatic woman known only as a mother, has an agenda of her own. Ooh, that's kind of a spoiler right on the back of the book. Um, and is one, and it is one that can never coexist peacefully with the Jedi. To follow her faith, Marta may have to choose to become her new friend's worst enemy. So, well, you had said, okay, so you had texted me <clears throat> the night you finished this book. Yeah. Absolutely. And you said, I just finished the book. I'm angry. <laughs> I'm going to yes. bed angry. Yes. What, what, <clears throat> so were you angry the book was over? Were you confused about something? Were you just angry with what happened in the book? What, what <laughs> angered you at the end? Um, yeah, actually, a couple things. One is that, um, I forgot how some of these Star Wars books work in regards to they don't end. Um, uh, some of the books that I've asked you here recently, like, what book should I read? 
you've given me like very good one-off books so you suggested one with um obi-wan and qui-gon jinn like brother brother master and apprentice master and apprentice thank you i've read i finished the offshoot of the ronin so I i read that book but they're all very like encapsulated stories so i'm getting to like 75 percent through the book and i start to realize it's not gonna end i am going to be left hanging on to only part of the story so that's the first thing that i got angry about the second thing i was angry about was that it didn't it didn't end how i wanted it to like yes it didn't have an ending but the fact that like what i expected to happen it didn't happen which i can't tell you the last time that a a star wars story did that for me like in a lot of the ones that i've read you kind of can pick up the direction that it's going and you kind of know what the ending is going to be either because they they get they have tells throughout or it connects to things that we already know um because i don't know where this is going because i don't know how it connects to anything i was i was just crushed at the end of it and i was ticked off that i had stayed up to read it and then i was going to bed and that was my final experience so that was that was the source of my anger aaron that it yes. did not end how i wanted it to there were definitely some big surprises at the end of the book and yes. yes i had i had moments of like oh man i'm really mad at what they decided to do but then i also was like wow good for them absolutely that they were willing to do that <laughs> so, absolutely and we're kind of beating around the bush but i'm going to we'll save it for later as we kind of talk through this but um for anyone that's read the book i think they know what we're talking about Uh, (laughs) yes you should you should i want to like directly like message justina ireland and be like what the heck are you doing to my heart (laughs) on this um yeah because that was pretty rough but let's talk about the jedi so we do have um kind of the i would say kind of the main character is kevmo zinc Yes, I would agree. Um, they kind of make him seem like the the main character. I would say Marta. It was almost like a book of two main characters. Like Marta Rowe was probably the other main character than he was. And yeah, we. I mean, as you read through the book, you have chapters that are devoted to his perspective. You have chapters devoted to Marta's perspective, and then you have a couple chapters devoted to Yana's perspective. Yeah. So it's like yeah. there are those three viewpoints, which I think honestly mesh really well together looking back on it Mm -hmm. to how the story ends like it's a perfect setup the different perspectives they give you throughout it's a perfect setup for whatever they have planned for path of vengeance i guess is the the next book that connects to this one the next Um, yeah the next um i think this is the ya book right yeah 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 yeah. um yeah so the next ya book which we have a bit of time to wait there's going to be some other books that come out earlier than that but they're going to be the adult novel and the junior novel so I don't know how much they're going to connect to this story. Uh, it is a little odd, too, because typically they'll kick it off with one of the adult novels. In phase one, it was almost like the adult novels kind of were the what you would maybe call the, the spine of the story or the main storyline. Okay. And then the other ones kind of complemented it. And so they started it with Light of the Jedi, which was the the first of the adult novels. This The first book of, the, of phase two is actually a YA novel. Interesting okay. choice. Because... Yeah. Um, because that is that saying, well, some of the things that are being established in this are going to actually be the spine of the story. Who knows? But, um, you know, the characters are definitely, they're focusing on kind of teenage type characters, kind of what you would expect with YA. 
Um, they also have kind of the love story element to it that tends yeah. to be a little bit more prominent in YA novels. Most of it didn't like it for anyone that listens to the podcast knows my typical reaction to those type of things. Like a little, <laughs> a little eye rolling. Sometimes I find it sweet. Sometimes I'm just like, okay, all right, let's move on past that. You know, young love doesn't really impress me yeah. that much. Uh, but they definitely had a lot of moments with kind of the young love between these two characters. Yep. But they were, you know, they did they spread it on a little thick in in certain moments. But overall, it didn't bother me too much. Yeah, I, I don't know. I did find it, especially once you get to the end of the story. I think it did a lot to endear me to the characters, mm-hmm. and I think it set me up at that point. Once you get to the end of the story, for it to have the impact that it did. Um, because there's such a dramatic turn at the end of the story. And it's like, it, it just left me asking the question of like, how how could you then move forward the way that you're moving forward? So I did find it endearing. I felt like it drew me closer to the characters. I can totally get how it's cringe at times where they're like, oh, you're never going to have, like, you're my grandpappy or you sound like my grandpappy. Oh, you're never going to have cute babies. Like those types of things, but yeah overall there was that sweet i don't know relationship that kind of connected me more to the characters once we get to the end yeah it seemed like there was some some sincerity in the relationship not you know sometimes young love can be a little it's all about you know oh he's hot or he's cute right. i want to be next to him and the, the it felt a little deeper than that yeah so i gave him credit for at least seeming like that but we we both know young love is young love (laughs) right like you know you don't typically you know spend the rest of your life with somebody you met when you were 15 you know it's right um so yeah it is what it is but kev i would say kevmo was he was a unique type of jedi because a lot of times we get jedi who are you know they follow the rules they're very stoic his his master was kind of the example of your typical jedi he was almost maybe even too far to the to you know that direction of being stoic and kind of almost mean in how stoic she was but he was just like he was just loving life like he he was just really (laughs) enjoying i mean he he didn't seem like he was held back by the ways of the jedi at all he was still just kind of enjoying life being a teenager they even make a point to say he's kind of a flirtatious character he's kind of a physical touchy character like he just was loving life and um I haven't seen a Jedi like that in a while. So it was kind of refreshing to have this this uh, Jedi character who just was fun. I mean, the book kicks off with the with the kid on a, a hoverboard, like <laughs> enjoying being on a hoverboard. It, it sets it up as your typical like surfer skater dude. Like he's just flying around herding cattle, um, essentially on his hoverboard he is portrayed very much as the fun loving, like you said, flirtatious character to the point where his master is like, Hey, go do what you do best. Like mingle, build relationships, build that. Um, He, I'll take your word for it that he's a different type of Jedi than what you've read in a while, because honestly, I haven't read (laughs) many Jedi, but he did come across as more of that, like less, less controlled type of character more out there very impulsive at times though he got called on the carpet a few times and he was able to come up with very good like toe the line type of answers to everything um yeah i i enjoyed his character 
um i i did he was fun i enjoyed yeah him. yeah i liked him a lot um he was <clears throat> he seemed like a cool guy that would be if you're establishing a character that you could kind of carry on throughout the the entire series this this was that character yep. which makes the the end of this book even more frustrating <clears throat> Uh, yes, but he's yes. definitely a character that I could have seen enjoying kind of following his growth uh, as a Jedi. Yeah. Can I ask you real quick? Because one part in the story, they talk about how <clears throat> most Jedi have to reach out for the force. Kevmo is described and they make a, a somewhat big deal of it throughout as being he had to actually close himself off to the force. Like the force was something that he was just so well connected to was a part of who he was do we do you see that description of a connection to the force with any other character or was that was that unique i'm still trying to place like what they were trying to do with that information for that character um i don't know that we've ever gotten that exact description for that but one thing that i think a lot of people don't realize is how different the force kind of works through different jedi hmm. and it's not just every every jedi is like oh i'm a jedi i have this you know i use the force the same way as everybody else like yeah. it it has been very apparent in most of the star wars lore that the force kind of flows differently through different jedi and they all have kind of their unique ways of using it or un unique abilities sometimes like some might be really good at one thing but really bad at something else yeah um and so I, I do like that about kind of the way that they've established the force in the, in the Jedi. It's not just a thing that, oh, we all have it. So we all have the same power. It's, it's very, it's very unique to, to each Jedi. So it sounds, it sounds like he had maybe a little bit more of an easy connection to the force. That's always come natural to him. Whereas other Jedi had to, like they like you said, they had to actually reach out for it or for mm -hmm. him, it was just like, it was already there and he almost had to like shut it off yeah uh, at times which i think made him the perfect character to come up against the the path yeah. of the open hand right you know he comes right. up against he meets marta marta Rowe, which so i will say this you know and people that have been reading phase one and you maybe even know this but maybe not that the row name is the same name as the main villain from phase one so i I read the I read a little bit, but again, for me, it was like, oh, Roe is in the past. Like somehow she you didn't even comes... know. Yeah. No, I didn't realize that. No, she comes before. And then there's this yeah. other character that comes later. Um and they've already kind of yeah. said in the official kind of description of this character, um, that her and her cousin, one of them, or maybe maybe they've already said which one, but they have some connection, you know, relation wise. So they are essentially ancestors to the you know to martian row who is the main villain i would say the main villain of phase one so how that connects will be interesting to follow because yeah. the way he is is a lot different than the way okay. these characters were portrayed he's a little bit more cracked in the brain it seems like kind of that kind <laughs> of villain uh, more so than you know marta throughout the book i mean she was like nicest person in the world you know yeah absolutely. kind you know caring and um but a true believer and i think that's where her flaw comes in because no matter how problematic yeah. 
her group started to seem to her and even as more information was revealed to her about essentially this cult that she's a part of uh she kept drinking the kool-aid and she kept yeah. drinking it more <laughs> you know like even yeah. when she had moments of like oh no you know maybe i'm not right maybe i'm wrong about the mother maybe there's something wrong here she kept going back to being a true believer and i think that's what makes her dangerous so right that i she mean she wasn't necessarily villainous in this book i could see her becoming villainous based on that well that that that's the key thing right like she has this founded truth in her mind that certain things are certain ways and no matter what evidence is given to her that is to the contrary of what she believes well that can't be true and it has to line up with this um so as those as you get to the end of the book and everything starts to uh unfurl and and fall apart and things start going wild and you're just thinking like oh this is going to be that moment like she's going to step up and and it's just like she can't she is so founded no matter who talks to her about it whether it's her cousin whether it's whether it's kevmo like it doesn't matter she is so founded like you said she's a true believer everything has to filter through that framework that she has already built over the years um, and that framework only points one direction yeah and the path of the open hand interesting idea interesting concept it's been it's been done in Star Wars before, so it's not so unique that there's these alternate groups that have a different way of viewing the Force. Sometimes they're you know Force sensitive themselves, but they kind of use the Force differently. The Jedi are just one of many groups who have some sort of a connection or belief system around the Force, and so the Path of the Open Hand is interesting in that they they're kind of like anti Jedi, right? Like they they think using the force yeah. is actually damaging the force and like it's, it's throwing off imbalance and it's, or it's, it's causing imbalance. And it's basically, if you're using the force here, there's somewhere else in the universe that the force is becoming a void. And, you know, so you could help, you could use the force to save someone here, but because you did that someone somewhere else in the galaxy, someone dies because you did that. So right. there's this it's the, kind of idea. Yeah. It's the force philosophy equivalent of the butterfly effect right like if a butterfly flaps its wings here like does a tornado show up over there well according to the path of the open hand if i use the force over here well i'm depriving it somewhere else therefore it has it has that effect um, right i found that very intriguing it's an intriguing idea i don't know that they have i'd be i would be interested to hear like the evidence that they're bringing oh, to right. the table like, yeah well what makes you believe that and obviously, when uh, Kevmo's discussing things with Marta, they're having their debates. It's almost like right. religious, like if, uh, you know, somebody from one religion talks to somebody yeah. from another religion and you kind of have your conversations about, well, this is what we believe. This is what we believe. This is why some things we believe maybe can work together and some things are completely different. And yeah. um, it was nice to see them having, for the most part, logical conversation around it and kind of trying to convince each other and. It's always nice to see that that portrayed that you can have differences in beliefs and still yeah. coexist because otherwise our world would be complete chaos more than it already is if you couldn't right. do that. So it was nice to see that. But I did like the parallels to even our real world, you know, kind of religious beliefs and and how they can be so different, but kind of all I don't I don't know if I'd say they're all pointing to the same thing because that's not always true but you know there's there definitely can be some similarities 
Well, it, it was the even the encouragement by Kevmo to be like, "Hey, on Jetta, there's the there's the different groups that come together and they have a discourse. Like, it would be great for you to be up there or be there, right? And have this discourse with them, like that encouragement to actually engage each other. It doesn't mean that there always has to be agreement. <laughs> Just engage because there's always something to learn and glean from everyone that you talk with." Um, so yeah, I, I, I thought that was, I thought that was great. Um, I mean, what, what that actually means and whether everybody actually wants to engage in that discourse. I don't know what things are like on Jetta right now. Like, is that, is that discourse civil? I don't, I don't know, but at least engage in that discourse. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, it's another example too, of, of connecting the, the larger universe. Cause we know Jetta from like Rogue yeah. One and in yep. many other stories as well. And we do know that there is you know, the uh, guardian of the wills, guardians of the wills that are there and kind of their belief around the force and stuff. So they've already established that as a, as an area that there would be these kind of groups. So to get that kind of shout out was cool. Yeah. Um, I would say the problematic thing with this group is they also employ murderers and, <laughs> and that's where you kind of, it starts to fall apart. Right. Whereas the Jedi, if you're trying to contrast one against the other, I think the Jedi have a little bit more of a base to stand on. You know, not that the Jedi are perfect. They've never made mistakes. I'm sure that they do. Yeah. But, you know, they don't necessarily have assassins and thieves as part of their their group. Whereas the, the Path of the Open Hand, now maybe that wasn't how the Path of the Open Hand originally established right. or their core yeah. group, but they've been they've allowed this to infiltrate their their group. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, that is definitely the key, right? Like, Marta and I'm sure some of the elders, um, though at the end of the story, maybe not some of the elders based on how they jump yeah, on board with they everything. Just but went with it. <laughs> that's they there seems to be this understanding of like true believers, like this is what we're doing, this is a path that we're walking the path that we're walking. Um but there's those at the top that are definitely, as the back of the book <laughs> explained, they have ulterior motives, they're looking to do their own thing. And that is the interesting thing that you go, as you go through the book, you're like, oh, okay, so the Herald, like the Herald's seems like a pretty up and up guy. He seems like he escaped of a past life. He has his head tails chopped off. He, he has some baggage that he's carrying with him, but he seems to be very devoted to the path. And then you get to the end, end of the book and it's like, dang, there's another character that just outside, out of the blue flips sides. Um, there are yeah. some further dynamics in there and yeah i don't know maybe the jedi don't have as many of those uh fun dynamics going on in the background um they, they right. have a pretty strict regiment to to get desire and um ambition <laughs> to to not be propagated but right um they do have so marta has her cousin who's kind of like you said was another focus character throughout yes she was part of the the children which is yes the, the path of the open hand have they have the mother who is a person who has kind of was brought into the path of the open hand has now infiltrated them and is what it seems like kind of a con artist but has some yeah. connection to the force and uh she's kind of using them and, and trying to collect these these uh force artifacts and she has the children who are kind of the people that she sends out to go you know <laughs> free these artifacts yeah. um which basically they're stealing them um 
and her so her cousin is part of that group. Now we we learn early on the first mission they get sent out on, they just like blood you know they just like kill this yeah. dude like yeah you know in cold blood, and so we know right away okay this at least this part of the group is not good they're yeah they're kind of heartless they kill without thinking much of it and they steal stuff and that's part her her cousin is part of that group now Marta. I don't think knows the extent of what this group is doing. So she's still very innocent in this, but her cousin, and I keep saying her cousin, cause I'm forgetting her name. What's her name? Yana. Yana. Y A N A. Yeah. Yana is kind of one of the bad ones. Although she, yeah. you know, you kind of see her it throughout the book. She seems like a nice enough character. She has her girlfriend that is part of that group as well. And they go out. And so then they seem to have a nice relationship. But in the end, she is kind of the, you know, doing bad things. Yeah, it, she she definitely is an interesting character. And it would be very easy to look at her as being like the one dimensional henchman. Um, but she really isn't like as you as you read through and you realize the um, baggage, the trauma that she has of being the Evereni. Is that how you pronounce? I think so. This? Yeah. Okay of being ever ready the the way that she's perceived by the public the fact that she has the sharp teeth that <laughs> scare people away um the the black eyes that that frighten people she has this trauma um and it kind of looks like she's just being used right like she's very efficient at doing this i think the one knock that i have against the book or the thing that i struggle with the most is that Yana just never came out and told Marta <laughs> what she does. Like several sections throughout the book, she's like, oh, the children don't really do what you think we do. Like, oh, it, we're not, we don't necessarily proselytize like you think we do. We, she did mention that they steal stuff. But again, I guess that shows um, Marta's true believerness where she's like, oh, you just liberate it. Like right. it wants to be liberated. Um, so she tried. But just to flat out be like, hey, we kill people. Like maybe that would have shocked Marta enough to um to to get her out of her. Yeah, I think Yana was but... not she didn't want to hurt Marta. She didn't want her to feel bad about the group that she was part of. She it was like she knew she was a true true believer. And it was yeah. like, well, I don't want to break, I don't want to be the one to burst her bubble. Right. Right. So we'll just kind of let this thing drag out. Um, but Yana definitely wasn't she didn't buy into the cult side of things at all no she was there yeah. for she was just there i guess because that's where she could you know have her own kind of found family but she didn't necessarily believe in all the force stuff or or kind of the the whole idea of the path of the hand yeah and, and that's that's what comes out as you read through the book where she, marta is always going like the force wants this the force wants this and yana's like no the mother wants that or yeah that's just kind of the stuff that happens like no, the Jedi didn't steal the force from over here. So this bad thing happens. No, sometimes it's just bad things happen. Um, Yana is very much of a rational, this is how it is. But when she's in the community, puts on her robes, paints the three lines, she's all she good. Plays the, she as, plays the part, yeah. As, as soon as she walks out, she strips off the robes. She's in her black jumpsuit. She's she's ready for blood. And she's wanting to get out of there. I think that's the yeah. other thing. You know, she yep. wants, she's kind of hoping that she can convince her girlfriend, who is also the daughter of the Herald, the Herald. So she's kind of, you know, she's very connected 
Yeah. And she's kind of hoping that someday she can get out of there and take her girlfriend with her and just kind of escape all of that and go see the galaxy. Yeah. So um, they are working on this ship called the Gaze Electric. That's going to be there. <laughs> you know, they, they, they're going to take the path of the open hand to yeah. the to the stars you know they're gonna that's gonna be their new kind of base i guess as as they go out another connection to phase one the gaze electric is the ship the oh really the flagship of the 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 villains essentially oh, cool. in phase one so so that was kind of cool to see like oh okay this is the creation of that and wow. what was supposed to be the base of a religious group ha- will eventually become the base of the um the people that are trying to destroy the galaxy <laughs> essentially so nice nice yeah so there is here that, i that. thought it was just a cool named ship the gaze electric like that that is a pretty darn cool star wars ship name and i love what ships are called in star wars but yeah yeah they're the great gazes. great ship names in star wars absolutely. absolutely absolutely yeah so so the book kind of for me i got about three-fourths of the way through the book maybe even further and i'm kind of like okay nothing's really happening like this is kind of boring like it's it's cool it's got some cool moments i like the philosophy and the the kind of back and forth with you know their discussions you know marta and kevmo having their kind of philosophical discussions and yeah it almost feels like a little bit of a, a romeo juliet kind of love story i'm like where's all this going and then it just ramps up like and just kind of throws you around a little bit and then <laughs> just I don't know you feel you feel defeated at the end but it all starts <laughs> with the mother sends um what's her name again Yana Yana she, yeah the mother sends Yana and the other children out to get this artifact from the Graf family kind of yes. stronghold or whatever that's another thing the Graf's big connection to other Star Wars stories they are a family that has been established as very important during the High Republic time, but even before that, they're a family that kind of has been part of a lot of different stories. Okay. So, so that name is going to come up a lot. But the uh, the Santecas are the other. It's almost like these warring families, and they kind of establish this too in the High Republic Phase One. But it's like these two very powerful families that find each other at odds a lot. So you and we obviously know Laura Santeca from. Yep you know, who was introduced in Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force Awakens. They've really kind of established that that family is very important and they're kind of, they have some cool roles to play. So we get a Santeca who gets murdered in this book. Yes. We get the Graphs mentioned. Now they're going to go steal something from the Graphs. So I like that they're continuing to use those two families because they seem like really important parts of the whole of Star Wars and they, and they keep coming back to them. Um, but they take they go to the Graphs compound they think it's going to be easy cakewalk to go steal this thing. And then they just get murdered. They get decimated. Yes. You know, her friends, yeah. Yana's two friends that are with her, including her girlfriend are killed um, in pretty brutal ways. And up to this point, the book had been pretty tame. So I was kind of like, Whoa, what is happening right here? Like we, we went from like this tame love story yeah. to this guy having a knife sticking through his neck. Yes. And you know, it was just, it was a bit of a shock to the system, honestly, as I, oh. as I got to this part. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That that is that is that moment that you're like, oh shoot. Like this book truly can surprise me. Like, like at that point, things started to feel not safe. Like 
I definitely didn't expect it to go where it went. But yeah, in that moment where it's like, okay, core who you kind of you kind of like throughout the entire story, mm-hmm. the Yana's girlfriend, like yeah. she like surely she's gonna live. Like she can't die. And they kind of tease you because they're like, Oh, she has this slash. Yeah. And so, like, oh, she's still okay. They even ask her, like, are you okay? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm injured. And you're like, okay. And then, and then she goes down, and it's like, oh, shoot, this is happening. And then she's back up. And it's like, oh, okay, she's fine. And then she goes down again. And it's like, no. And then um, she gets eaten by some creature or whatever. Like, <laughs> like this is this, the, the last most, book you had me most, read had something come up from underground <laughs> and eat them. Like, I'm so confused right now. Is this a new thing? <laughs> Yeah, it's the is a pretty unceremonious way, you know, because she dies, but then they can't even get her body. Like yeah. they can't even bring yeah. her body back to her dad or anything. Like she gets eaten, her body gets eaten. So I was like, man, I'm looking at this like, man, Tessa Gratton and Justina Ireland, you guys are messed up <laughs> writing this stuff. Like, what in the world is happening right now? And the, you know, so she gets basically there's only three of them, but the other two die. Yeah. Uh Yana survives has a confrontation with what's his name like happy man? sunshine sunshine Dobbs. sunshine she has a confrontation with sunshine who is you know we're we haven't really mentioned him yet but he's kind right. of not a huge important part of the story but he's enamored with the mother and is basically yeah. like under her spell and so he he was in on it the whole time. Maybe he didn't know that they were going into an ambush, but he's what brought them there. And he's also, uh, you know, bringing Yana back. Um, and I think the mother was maybe hoping that all the characters would die out there. Yeah. And he would come back without them. But Yana comes back. She is ticked. Yeah. She thinks, all right, I'm going to go kill this. The mother, the mother is human, so she seems susceptible because, you know, that's kind of been established in the book, too, that some of these alien species just think humans are weak and, like, are easy to kill. <laughs> We're just fleshy blobs. Yeah, that's so, all we are. <laughs> so she's like, I'm going to go kill her. Um, and, you know, she probably thinks that once her father hears about it, he's going to be on her side. And so, yeah. um, you know, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I'm going to keep going. So did you have anything you wanted to add there? No, you're absolutely right. And I think that's the, that's the, that is where my mind was going as well, right? Like core died. Okay. We already, we already have established the mother is, is no good. We are told that throughout the book. She's something strange is about her. She's preparing something. The fact that she just tried to kill all three of them, successfully killed two of them. Yana survived, but you're like, okay, core, the Herald is described as a very like big imposing character so it's like okay once core is once the herald is on board because core has died things things are just going to pivot like 180 the mother's done for yana's ticked off the herald is going to be on board like that is where my mind was and yana's going to out the mother to marta oh yeah absolutely marta should be on board too like yeah everyone should be against the mother at this point yep exactly that is where my mind was going but Yana is underestimated the power that the mother has over these people and maybe just other powers she has that she hasn't revealed yet, or you yeah. know, she's got some stuff up her sleeve. Um, and Yana doesn't immediately, you kind of almost expect like she's going to go straight and just kill the mother. But she first, she goes and she has her talk to Marta and she takes a bath and, you know, this whole, <laughs> and I was kind of like, wait, you know, go kill her. And then, you know, then, right. then deal with getting cleaned up. But 
she kind of, I mean, she's going, you know, I'm, I'm being a little heartless. She's obviously going through a lot of things. She just watched her friends die. She just realized that she'd been betrayed, you know, so, you know, she, and she spent a day and a half in the bathroom, like sunshine locked her in the, the fresher for a day and a half for the trip back. So I understand yeah. needing to take a little bit of time <laughs> to compose yourself after being locked yeah. in the bathroom for, and for she does and talk to Marta and kind of out you know yeah. she outs herself basically saying hey i was never a true believer and she also you know the mother sent us to die the mother's a fraud all of the stuff but marta's still kind of like oh no you can't be right about that she's still not quite there yet and yeah uh kind of frustrating but it's really establishing marta as this true believer that it's gonna be really hard to convince her that the mother is is a bad person um yeah and so i'm kind of forgetting kind of how the how it all goes down because doesn't it, it doesn't Yana show up and the Jedi are her already taken care of. Well, no Yana. Oh, oh no, no, you're right. Yana shows up. And as she walks in, uh, Zala and, and Kevmo are in the mother's room, but the mother's not there. Mother's and not there. Not and they're there. talking. So who are they? They're talking to. They just found the artifacts. They're not talking to anybody. Yana's okay. the one that discovers them with the artifacts. And Yana's like, I know I'm ticked off at the mother, but I hate you guys and you need to get out of here. Yeah. Um, and then the mother shows up. Yes. And that's when it all uh, kind of just gets even crazier. Yeah. 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 Like it very abrupt. Like the you mentioned it, like the pace of the book is very just like, rhythmic there's all these things happening in town and you have the discussions and the love story and it's like it goes at the same pace and all of a sudden you have the whole like uh heist gone awry mm -hmm. and it's like okay we're picking up pace and then we find everybody in the mother's chamber and then all of a sudden it's just like like zero to 135 miles per hour and then it's just done it's you like, can't even believe you can't even believe what's happening no like, as you're reading it you're like what is happening right now like yes this can't be like let's rewind this chapter and start over and try this right again. yes <laughs> because... like so, something did not go right like it all something... goes down so quickly yep and um so the mother has the, like what they call a jewel yeah uh, big old jewel that she's been stroking and, the entire yeah. book and she drops it i think there's there's like kind of a battle first right like they're they're her guards or whoever's with her shoot at the Jedi. The Jedi are fighting. You've seen it from Yana's perspective. She's kind yeah. of saying, oh, wow, the Jedi are really impressive. They, they don't yeah. even seem like they're trying to stop these blaster bolts. You know, Jedi, yeah. you know, Jedi are going to win in that situation. Right. You know, 99 times out of 100. Right. Um, they're pulling blasters out of hands and crushing them like yeah. they're, they're pop cans. They're in control. Like right. And then the mother drops the jewel and this creature comes out of it and it's like um, the master, the master Jedi, it attacks her and it's done. She's done. Yeah. It's not even <laughs> like a, like, oh no, she, you know, fights it off or she has this moment of like, whatever she, she says her last words to anyone or they can warn other Jedi or Kevmo has some kind of, it's like a horror movie. Like yeah. she, she's done. The thing start her body starts to turn into stone. It's a horrific death for her. She doesn't deserve this. Nobody deserves this. No. And um, even Yana says it's the most horrified she's ever been, and she just watched her girlfriend die. 
Right. So like yep. it's worse than that. Yeah. Uh, to watch the the pain that this Jedi is going through. Kevmo has to witness it. Um now I will say connection to phase one as well. This monster has already been established. It actually okay. was a big mystery in phase one as okay. this thing that's been killing Jedi and turning them into the essentially stone that eventually becomes dust. Uh... Um, that was kind of happening in the in phase one. At the end of phase one, they kind of give a little bit of a reveal of what it is, but this is the most we've seen of this. Like when they actually did this, I was like, oh, they're like describing what the thing looks like, kind of the the birth of it and how it grows and all this stuff. I was oh. like, oh, this is like they're kind of revealing here what had been kind of teased throughout phase one. Okay. Um, so we had already kind of seen this horrific death for other Jedi. Um, oh. I won't say who, but it does it does happen in phase one. Oh. So so this isn't the last you're gonna see of this of this thing. But I think what this is showing us is the origin of it. Because because yeah. they even make a comment in here like once this thing matures, we can defeat all the Jedi. Right. And, and it, it could be 10 years, it could be a hundred years. And you're thinking, eh, yeah, it could be 150 years, because that's when it shows up <laughs> later. So it it could be the same monster, or maybe it's another of the well, same species, but I think it's the same monster. I think we're seeing the birth of the monster that eventually uh, kills Jedi in phase one. Well, and, and maybe maybe this is revealed. Maybe you have information on this, but Sunshine also is like, well, I know where there's a planet where there's hundreds of these things all in crystals just la- lying around. It's like, like, oh really? I missed that. Yeah, there's the potential that. of yeah. there's the potential of there being like an army of these things. Like, I I personally hate them. Like. The, anything oh, that's horrible. described as a blue glob and like the 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 paragraph is the elder jedi frowned what in the name of she didn't even get a chance to finish the creature it was little more than a blob of iridescent blue flesh really flung itself at her there were meters separating the mother and the jedi yet the creature closed the distance in a blink of an eye the thing clung to the soikin's arm and the jedi drew back in revulsion it's like that where like the jedi couldn't even like the jedi just deflected blaster bolts back like light like why couldn't you stop this larva this thing just like and now it's on her arm like it's like a horror movie like i said oh yeah absolutely and it seems like it has some um ability to resist the force because when kevmo tries to force push it it doesn't work right and so i think that's that could kind of explain too why she wasn't able to stop it from attaching to her like by using the force or by cutting it with the lightsaber like it has some resistance to the force um it's a horrific character they like i said they kind of had already introduced this as more of a shadow shadowy thing that we weren't really sure like these jedi were just showing up dead like as statues and people like what the heck happened to them essentially and so this is kind of showing a little bit more detail i guess of what did happen to them and this creature that you know the jedi don't really know how to deal with and um and you think kevmo it kind of starts to attack him, but he gets away. And you're like, okay. At least they didn't kill it, it, like they killed the mean it Jedi touched Master. Touched him with a tendril. Yeah. They they killed the yeah. grumpy Jedi Master. We weren't that attached to her anyways. Still don't want to see anybody die that way. But okay, we can deal with that. But Kevmo, he got away. He's gonna go see Marta. Marta's gonna they're gonna escape together, yep. run off into the galaxy. He's gonna go warn the other Jedi everything's gonna end happy right yeah no no that's no. not what happened no <laughs> they, they not only does he also have a horrific death but he does it in the arms of the girl that he's in love with that they had just started their relationship 
Um, and that scene and how they described it was heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it, it killed me because it, the, the way that they described it was like one of the, the tendrils touched him. Yeah. And like, he felt like this horrifying pain and felt like the force disconnected from the force and but he he escaped right and i was like okay maybe somehow it just severed his connection to the force and then like all future books will be about him like regaining his ability to connect with the force like he's never had to try before this story of Mm -hmm. triumph and then as it's like as it describes him like crawling down the hall and it's like and you can feel like feeling stiff and his jaw is locking up and it's like like, oh crap he's not gonna survive this this. is like there's no remedy for this right and the fact that like with the jedi master it was like it was done like it the scales grew the gray scales grew up her super fast it was over the fact that they like drew it out with kevmo for like three four pages it was just unbearable um it was right. terrible absolutely terrible yeah and mar and he does say he does he can't really speak but he does get out the word mother yes and marta's like oh the mother did this to you like no I, I can't believe that um and so you're kind of still thinking all right at least maybe he's he's kind of convinced marta finally yeah that she needs to get out of there she grabs and, his lightsaber yeah she takes his lightsaber um Another interesting possible connection that I have to point out. I'm sorry, Adam. No, go for it. Um, is Kevmo's lightsaber is yellow. Um, yeah. Martian Rowe carries a yellow lightsaber oh, in the really? in the uh, Phase One stuff. So, and there's actually a really cool comic book cover with Martian Rowe. Don't like the character; he's a bad guy, but he does look cool. And so he's got this cool <laughs> look with him with the, the skin, you know, that he's got he's got the black eyes and the long black hair, and he kind of just looks cool with this yellow lightsaber on the cover of one of the comics. I wonder if it's Kevmo's lightsaber that has been passed through the Roe oh. family because uh Marta Roe did take that lightsaber and now, you know, by the end of the book, she's just she's carrying it around. It's on her belt, like it's hers now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it has to be. It has to be, right? Um I think unless I'm just missing a detail I didn't I forgot about that it's not or maybe they've already explained where he got the lightsaber but I don't know that that was fully explained so I kind of feel like that yeah this is you know, that's what they're trying to tell us here is that Kev Mo um had his lightsaber taken by his girlfriend as he died and um she had but, every opportunity to be to kind of go against right you know, she to to not be a true believer, to be like, oh, all right, I just right. watched the this boy who I had grown to love die in my arms. He was killed by the mother. My my cousin just told me that the mother killed yep. these other the the children and her girlfriend. All the evidence stacking up. Yana and and Marta should be out of here. They they just need to get away from the mother and do their own thing. But they both get sucked back in. Yeah, and and that's the thing though. Like as soon as she grabs the lightsaber, right? Like. My mind is like, okay, we lost, we lost the two good characters. <laughs> the master's dead. I, she was, I enjoyed her. Mm-hmm. Not really the main character of the book, right? Like you didn't get to spend too much time seeing through her eyes. Kevmo though, it's like, okay, I lost him. He's gone. He's never coming back. He's stone crumbling to pieces. She has his lightsaber. She's going to go finish what needs to be done. 
And Yana is there. Like, Yana is going to come to her cousin's aid because she's still ticked off at the master too, right? Or the mother. She's the master. Oh, wrong podcast. She'll be able <laughs> to step up and go after the mother as well. They'll be able to team up. This is great. Like, we will get some closure to this story. Heck no. There is no closure. Uh, Marta shows up and the explanation, right? He used the force. Kevmo used the force. Yeah. It has to, he he stole from it somewhere. It has to have an impact. And it impacted him. Oh. And the Jedi she said the Jedi attacked her. That's why she had to kill them. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's the balance whole thing. You know, he he used the force, it came back. Now he's been killed because of it. And and Marta was just like, makes sense. Yep. I'm Checks good. out. Yeah. It, all the boxes of the the framework and the philosophy that I grew up believing. Hey. This checks every single box. That must be what happened. And I hate the Jedi because they took a beautiful boy like Kevmo and turned him into this and he paid the price for it. Yeah. Down with the Jedi. And they describe her at the end. Her whole demeanor has changed. She's now burying her teeth on purpose. Um, this this event has changed her. You know, where yes. we saw the nice girl who seemed to be kind and open-minded and loving and that has all changed now she yep. you know she's still loyal to the mother even though she probably shouldn't be in into her to the path of the open hand but um she may have loved kevmo she hates the jedi yeah and yep. now she will now probably be a villain that they have to deal with um or yep. at least uh her spawn eventually will be <laughs> a villain <laughs> they have to deal with but it is the beginnings of it it looks like and now, now her cousin has a little bit of a different ending. She still hates the mother, yep. wants to kill the mother, realizes she can probably team up with um, the, what is he called again? The Herald. The Herald. The Herald. She could team up with the Herald. He's still kind of pretending he's on the mother's side, but he also doesn't like the mother either. And so they're going to kind of team up. And she actually has some connection to the uh, the leveler. Yeah, um, because of that force artifact that she had, um, that was drawing it to her, and then now they're like, "Oh, well, you're the master of this thing." So, you know, will she use that against the mother eventually, or how will all that pan out? But they're all still part of the path of the open hand, and just all have different um, agendas at this point. Yeah, and I think that's the the fun change that we see, right? Like the path of the open hand is described at the beginning of the story of being like this peaceful community gifts freely given balance we we don't do anything to um we don't do things simply to make our lives easier they live in that community and at the end you start to see the power dynamics at play you have the herald who he went along with the mother despite the death of his daughter but he has some alternative motives right like mm -hmm. There's the back and forth where the mother says something and the herald says something, the mother says something. They're they're trying to gain that following. You have Marta, who's still a true believer, but she is now considered the guide of the path. She will tell them where to go. She's going to give them the marching orders. And then you have Yana, who hates everybody but her cousin. And she just so happens to be in a good place as being the guardian or the, uh, yeah, the master of the 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 leveler um, leveler yeah it, there's so many dynamics it does where the book ends it sets up for the the next book 
really well. Like I'm interested to know what happens. It sets up the for the whole the phase. Open. And I think oh. that's what they're trying to do here. Um, like I said, it's an interesting choice to start with a YA novel, but I think that from what I can tell, they're establishing some of these key characters and a big misdirect. You get Kevmo, who you think, oh, this is going to be the main Jedi that we follow throughout the the phase, probably. Yeah. Very likable character, gone, dead, and yep. not even like a honor, you know, kind of a a death that you can be proud of. Like he didn't die in battle. He didn't die destroying some you know super laser he died because something touched his leg you know like yeah it's kind of a i I hated it and loved it all at the same time i was angry as i was reading that part i was like what are they doing like how are you going to kill this character yeah but at the same time i'm like good on them for being willing to shock me yeah and make me angry if i'm getting angry they're they're doing something right like they're getting that emotion out of me and so i was kind of like hating it and loving it all at the same time oh absolutely and it is one of those things though like right when when an author and when an author has the ability to just totally undercut you right like we are so accustomed to happy endings we're so accustomed to being like okay that character is untouchable once once they go a different route as frustrating as it might be because we want that happy ending it's so satisfying to then look back at the book and be like, okay, good on you. Like you you have me on board for the next one. If you can continue to give me number one, a solid story, really easy and enjoyable to read, but it's not like A, B, C. It doesn't follow the exact same framework. You got me. I want to see what you have, you have next for me. Um, And that's exactly what they did. I'm, I mean, they hooked me. Like, I want to go back and read phase one now. Um, that's what this book did. But We did have a Jedi at the very yes. end, right? Jedi Knight. Yeah, and that is that is the setup. I'm wondering if that's the setup for that Jedi that we will see moving forward throughout this entire, this entire, entire phase. Like introducing a new character. Yeah, because he's also introduced at the very beginning of the book. He has that experience with Kevin. That's right. And then he shows up at the very end to be the one that discovers the the dust, the the pebbles that were the Jedi. And there's also something that they had alluded to in phase one where this planet um, apparently is the kind of an event happens here where the Jedi do something that they have to kind of cover up. Oh, snap. And we don't get a lot of detail about it, but it's like something that a couple characters in phase one were kind of trying to look into. And then some records had been deleted and about like this planet. And they say, I think the way they worded it, I don't, I don't remember exactly how it was worded, but essentially they said the Jedi overreacted to something that happened. People died. So I'm wondering if his discovery of the bodies without a lot of explanation, the Jedi come in full force to kind of like, you know, like, hey, you guys killed our Jedi. We're going to come and, and huh. kind of get revenge. And, you know, some event happens on this planet, which will lead to, you know, bad things for the Jedi or making the Jedi do things that they normally wouldn't do. So I don't know. That's kind of some speculation also connected to some information that's already been revealed. But uh, this planet is mentioned in phase one. Interesting. I, again, I did not which realize Phase one that. is the future. Is the future. <laughs> so it's like keeping that straight. 
phase one is after all this so yes yeah i i mean i love this book i i really really liked it um and i think mostly because of that kind of ramp up at the end yeah it really got me kind of i was just like whoa what is happening like it just yeah i was being surprised i was excited i was scared to turn the next page even if that only happened you know all the rest that led up to it, if if you give me that at the very end, it's going to make the yeah. rest of the book better. So, yeah, I, I really liked it, and I'm excited to kind of continue the story. Yeah, absolutely. I And I'm blown away at how easily this book read. Like, I I was able to fly through it. Like, there there wasn't anything that it was like, oh, this is, this is bogging down. Like, there wasn't any section where it was like, oh, I need to go back and reread that. Like, what the heck are they talking about here? Like it, it flowed very nicely to the point where it was like, oh, I'm already I on my Kindle. Oh, I'm already at this percent. That's crazy. Like I might as well just keep reading it. Like this is enjoyable and it's really easy to read. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked me if I wanted to jump in on this one. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I still obviously don't know what I'm getting myself into. Um, but this is, this was a fun one to read and it has me yeah. hooked now. I'm now you have that. to read the other ones that come out so yep. you can stay up to date that way. When I, when there's another time I need you to come on, you'll already be caught up <laughs> to the, the latest books, at least the books, the comics, you know, phase one, I would say, you know, you can kind of read the main like adult novels and get the gist of the story, but it's definitely enhanced if you read the rest of the stuff, yeah. especially I'd say the comics, the comics, uh, especially the Marvel comics, they're kind of almost telling like you something that's mentioned in the novel that's happening off screen. It's actually in the comics and like what's going on oh, in the dang. comics. So, okay. Um, I am assuming that's how the comics will continue to be for phase for phase two. So I do plan to read at least the Marvel comics. Um, but for phase one, if you want to go back and read, I would say at least at minimum, try to read the main uh, adult novels and to kind of get caught up on the, on the spine of the story. Cool. 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 You sent me the, you sent me the uh, Wookie article on all the, uh, all yes. the breakdown of adult novels, young adult novels, junior novels, so on and so forth. That is a, long list and i was i'm very glad that you told me adult novels because some of these things is like i that that's a lot yeah 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 i think you can read and i and i think like because justina island actually wrote a couple of the i think she wrote one of the junior novels for sure and maybe one of the ya novels in the in phase one um and her stories although good felt like offshoots like it it was kind Mm -hmm. of one-off missions didn't necessarily need to read it to understand what was going on in the larger story. So reading this book with Justina Ireland as one of the authors, this book feels much more central Mm. to the core of what's going on. So I don't know, maybe phase two will be a little bit different than phase one where it's not going to be just like, Oh yeah, you can read the main novels, but you can also, if you want read the rest, it feels like this. They're like, no, you got to read it all. (laughs) Like (laughs) you you can't skip the YA novels. You got, you know, you got to, we're starting with a YA novel. We're establishing that it's important. And imagine if you didn't read this and you just started with the first adult novel, you would have missed all of this key stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that that would be, that would be, yeah. It's just, I'm, it is overwhelming when you see how they approach this with, I mean, I love it. I love the fact that they take the story to this extent. 
but for someone who basically missed entire phase one it's overwhelming to look back at it and be like i i don't know like even for my for my kids they're looking for stuff to read do i say hey just pick up the young adult novel like just pick up the junior novel like or are they going to be missing aspects? I don't know. It's I'm impressed. It is impressive. It's uh, it is it feels like it's for kind of the diehard Star Wars literature fan. It's like a dream come true, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. unlimited content uh, at all levels, you know, all the different types of novels you can read, but then there's also comics and and I think that for someone like me who likes kind of the expanded storytelling, like that's awesome. Now, for yeah. the casual fan who just wants to read a good Star Wars book, a trilogy of novels probably would have been enough for them. And they'd be like, okay, <laughs> I'm good. So, like, I do think this can be overwhelming and daunting for to yeah. bring in new fans or casual fans. It seems to be doing well. Um, you know, a number of the books have been New York Times bestsellers. Um, I'd say overall, the re- reaction to the High Republic has been positive. I definitely have heard people that don't like it. Yeah. Um heard some friends of mine who you know i talked to about star wars are like oh there's too many characters or i can't get into it okay that's their opinion whatever but i've right. really enjoyed it and i'm trying to get more and more people to you know to get into it so i'm excited that you've read it. you've only read one you seem to like it um but it sounds like you're you're willing to dive into to some more of it so i will be sending you uh, recommendations and checklists uh, <laughs> read this one first and then read this and so nice um you are you're now you took the bait you are now hooked i'll take it i'll take it i'll run with it that's uh it, it might be hard for me just to to read a few i'm a completionist like it has to be 100 percent. so i don't know even the, I, uh, I, I even think the audio read... dramas you're gonna go that deep i don't know the what was it the battle of jedi i think battle that was Jedi's... an audio is one of the ones that's coming up, which I mean, just based on the title and the guy who wrote George Mann is he has written some like short stories for star Wars that I really, really liked. And so I'm excited that he's going to be writing some like kind of full length stuff. Nice. So yeah, I'm excited about his, his involvement and he's, and he's the one that did the, the battle of Jeddah. So yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, cool. I think we've spent enough time on this book. Um, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully, we can have you back soon. Um, but yeah, for anyone, for everyone listening to the podcast, thanks for listening. For checking out the YouTube channel, great. Um, would love for for you guys to you know like and subscribe when it comes to YouTube. That is a a format that is tough to get a foothold in, and so. Um, we're still putting content on there and just kind of seeing how it does, but it's definitely been kind of up and down as far as like views and things like that. So if you guys haven't checked out the YouTube channel or be interested in kind of watching us talk about this stuff, I definitely recommend uh, hopping over there and hitting the subscribe button so we can uh, get that out to more people. But yeah, that's pretty much it. You can always find our episodes on Apple podcasts, uh, Spotify, any of the other podcatchers you can find our episodes and Until next time, keep reading. Keep on reading. And And may may the the force force be with you. you. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, I was doing doing the until next time uh, because that's what we do in uh, the Doctor Who podcast. Yes, sorry. I I see last time you caught me out with the ending of it and I got it wrong. I confused you. I I had it and I was like, oh man, I'm going to get it this time. I have it. I have it. Yeah, Uh, you could have been like a gift freely given. Of gift freely given.
Uh, I, yeah. I I literally have been telling Emery that over the past. It's a good line. I like it. It is. Yeah, get freely it is. And it, if you've made it this far, and you like uh, what you know, like Adam as a co-host dynamic, and you like Doctor <laughs> Who, Bad Wolf Radio. Go check out Bad Wolf Radio. That's our uh, our Doctor That's Who podcast. That's where we are. We, uh, we just did a review of the Centenary Special. So, yes, yes. All right. Did. Later days. <laughs>